sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Thursday, November 5th, and um, we still don't know what the election results are. Probably won't for a week or two, but that's all right because God's still sovereign and he is in control. And we are excited about our guest today. He is a guy who's had a significant influence in my life, and uh, he is from the Dallas, Texas area, that's never a bad thing, although he didn't start out there, uh, but he's there now, and we are very happy to welcome Steve Farrar to SWAT Radio. Steve, welcome. Doug, good to be with you. I am so glad that you are on here. It's taken us a, a little while, and you this is not something you've done. A lot of people, like I was talking to a guy earlier today, Steve, and he, he was like, now, is he a pastor, or where is he? I said, well... He was a pastor at one time, but he used to speak at Promise Keepers. Remember that old Promise Keepers thing? It was. It seems like so long ago. And uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I I uh, I remember when I first came out there to hear you teach. You, you're still teaching at uh, Stonebriar, right? Yeah, Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco, Texas. I've been doing a men's Bible study there. Uh, this is our twentieth year, and. Um, yeah, that's so we record that, put it online, you know, all that tech stuff, get the word out. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, because you don't wear it on your sleeves, I always forget that you are a doctor, uh, Steve Farrar, uh, because you don't talk about it and you don't wear it out there. But uh, you, you did, know, you, you know, Doug, I, I forgot that too. <laughs> You you did your doctoral work at Dallas Theological Seminary and uh, yeah. there in Dallas, which is a, a great school where Chuck Swindoll um, at one time was the president, and he's the pastor out at Stonebriar, right? He is. Yes, he still is. He's eighty six, and he's still cranking. Yeah, yeah. So if you're out in the Dallas area and you're listening to this via podcast or whatever, uh, you want to go check out Stonebriar. And Steve, are you still doing? Are you doing Wednesday nights? Is that when your study is? Well, it was for 20 years, and because of COVID, we switched it to Tuesday nights. So now we're, we're in a Tuesday night deal. All right. And we're 6.30? 6.30 in Frisco, yeah. 6.30 Frisco, Texas. Steve. Yeah, it, you know, the website is steveferrar.com, very original title. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they can get the info there. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Steve, Steve, I I have website envy, and I know you gave me the name of the guy that uh, was helping you. Uh, it is it is really a step up. It is it looks great. I love it. I love the the waves. Although I have to say, when he did this courage and chaos thing or whatever he put on there, it reminded yeah. me of that time you were teaching on how we get hit in waves as men a lot of times. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Um, yeah. and forty-two. Yeah, that's right. And so, well, um, Steve was a uh, just real quick, a, a little quick bio about Steve. Uh, he, if I remember right, Steve Point Man actually came out of it. Was it your doctoral study or was it your master's study? Yeah. So what I did when I <clears throat> did my doctoral dissertation at Dallas, 
I surveyed, and this was in the late 80s, I surveyed 1,000 Christian men around the country, asked them 72 questions about their faith, about their family, <clears throat> about their ethics, about applying uh, the truth at work, you know, parenting. And, you know, I got all this data, wrote it up, put it in a dissertation. And then out of that, I wrote the book, Point Man, How a Man Can Lead a Family. It's just about uh, having an influence for Christ in your home. And uh, so that was done. The research was done in the 80s, uh, late 80s, and then the book came out in 1990. Well, and if I remember right, in that book, you, 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 you said that there's two main ways that Satan tries to neutralize us as men in our family. One, separate us from our wife, and two, separate us from our kids, right? If that's right? Yeah, that's exactly right. He he tries to alienate and sever the relationship the man has with his wife, and he'll do it over time, a lot of time. And then secondly, he wants to alienate and sever the relationship we have with our kids. When our kids are two, three, and four, they think their daddy's hung the moon. <laughs> when they hit 12, 13, 14, they want their daddies to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when it gets tough. But, you know, so so are we in spiritual battle? Yeah, and we're always in spiritual battle. <clears throat> well, and if I remember right, the the whole title point, man, did, it, did that come from Stu, your relationship with Stu uh, out yeah, of Vietnam? Whoever. Yeah. yeah, Stu was a Green Beret, uh, you know, and was eventually involved in intelligence. But, but, you know, I did not go to Vietnam. Uh, because of my knees, Stu went, and um, he. Uh, so I called him one day and I said, "Hey, describe what it's like to be out there on patrol," and and he described it. And uh, so I described what Stu told me, and then I said, uh, "Some of you guys were there, but here's what you need to understand: there is a spiritual war, and uh, in this spiritual war, you're the point man. The point man is out front. The point man takes fire." Uh, and his leadership determines um, the safety of his men, the protection of his men. And in the home, the husband, father, is the point man. And you've got not a group of guys behind you. You've got your wife and your kids, and the enemy is trying to take you out. So that was the premise of Point Man. Well, it is a great book. You can get it. Uh, I know you can get it at any major bookseller, uh, Amazon.com. Barnes and Noble, yeah. but uh, can they also get that from your website too, or does it redirect them to Amazon? Do you know? Uh, I, you know, I never look at the website. <clears throat> I think it, but I do know it takes them to Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it does. You can <clears throat> click on it, and I do want to give you his website one more time. Uh, Steve Farrar. That's S T E V E F A R R A R. And one great thing about this website. I, I had the privilege for about three years to sit under Steve in his Bible study out there. And you can go on his website where it says Steve's Bible study and go down and you can listen to those. Some guy it was Lou used to handle that. He's with God now. He's up yeah. there with him. Yeah. But Lou used right. to do these. And, uh, and you got all these studies or resources. And I'm telling you, it is worth the listen. Uh, the, I still think of things that you shared when we were out there that were very meaningful to me. One of the things I've always appreciated about you, Steve, is you like the Puritans, and you're a history yeah. guy. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you, Churchill, 
uh, all those yeah. old guys used to read. And uh, what do you, being a history guy, what do you see going on right now? Uh, we got about four minutes before our first break. What do you see with America right now? Well, <clears throat> well, what we're all talking about right now is the election and uh, a couple things, a couple facts, actually. Uh, first fact would be uh, this election is out of my control, but it is absolutely under God's control. Even where it is today, it's under his control, and it's no shock and it's no surprise to him. In fact, this crisis we're in, he manufactured it. Mm-hmm. And I'll get back to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, the second fact is you think back to some of the figures in the Old Testament. They were in crisis, and their lives were on the line, and their future was on the line. It happened all the time. Um, you think about Daniel. Just in Daniel 2, the king had a dream, and he was so upset by it. And why did he have a dream? Because God gave him the dream, because God is sovereign over kings. The king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. And he said to his advisors, tell me the dream. And they said, we can't do that. Nobody on the earth could do it. Well, there was a guy who could do it. And Daniel set an appointment and said, set an appointment with the, with the king and I'll tell him the dream, and he set the appointment before God revealed the dream. But as he prayed, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prayed, God told him what the king dreamt, and he could go tell it to the king, uh, which reminds me of a principle, is that Daniel prayed, and God answered before he prayed. <laughs> you know, Isaiah sixty-five twenty-four. And we got a lot of people praying and fasting right now. Keep go- keep going, because we're worried. But in Isaiah sixty five twenty four, God says, "Before you call, I will answer." Mm, that's right. He's got this thing. He's got it. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's in control of every individual, every vote, every scam, every bribe. He's God, and he's running the show. It looks like it's out of control. It's under control. We're good. We're good. Yeah, but as men, it, don't we tend to take our eyes off of him? And we look at sure. circumstances when we see things that we think are unjust sure. or things that are happening that we that. But yeah. but it, it is a good reminder that we have no control. I think that's a good thing for us to be aware of, don't you? We have a sphere of influence that we're responsible for and we control and we're supposed to live our lives unto the Lord. So if uh, you're a political official, you're going to give an account to the Lord for how you rendered your work or whatever you do. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, not as unto men, but as under Christ. It's the Lord God whom you serve. Hmm. So we have control over certain things, and we'll give an account. But, um, but you know, yeah, is there evil in the world? Is there wickedness? Is there a, a conspiracy against God and his kingdom? Yeah, read Psalm 2. Mm. And what does God do in response? He laughs. Mm -hmm. He laughs. But if I don't read Psalm 2, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. So i got to read the scriptures every every day to keep me balanced and sane. It looks like it's out of control. It's not out of control. God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. He's got his eye on this thing. And uh, believe me, he's at work. Well, hey, we got to go to our first break. You're listening to Steve Farrar. 
You can uh, go to Steve's web website at steveferrar.com. We're going to be right back after this first break with more of Steve, and we're going to hear about the Esther effect. So stay tuned to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and dead of night. We've all found ourselves wanting. We've all run the things we know just ain't right And there's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm with my friend, mentor, and uh, a Paul in my life. Steve, you've you've been a a great Paul to me. Um, uh, I remember sitting in the church with you talking when I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. I knew God had a plan for me, and I'll never forget what you told me at the front of the 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 room that night when I came up to talk to you, you just sat down with me and said, Doug, God has you on a precipice. He's got you ready to unleash you. But boy, when you're there, you're really struggling because you can't see it. And, and we just, but you know, just to be honest with you, Steve, uh, even as a believer, we're so, uh, we're so 
illiterate of the Bible, especially the Old yeah. Testament. And I want to I want to let our listeners know you did a series called God Built Battle Ready and Valor. I don't know if you meant to be a series, but they were a series of books. I don't even know if people can still get them. I think they can. Um, yeah, they're available. Um, but you you go you talk about Joseph and and uh, Caleb and Joshua yeah. and and uh, and I think Boaz. And valor, yeah. and and yeah. you, if you get a chance, if you're out there listening, you might want to go to Amazon and get uh, God built or Battle Ready, or Real Valor. Those those Steve just goes through and and he, he you have a way a gift of looking these lives and and you know sharing the story of how God's sovereign. That's what I when I hear you teach all those times you teach what comes through over and over is God's word is our authority and God is sovereign. That's every time yeah. I hear you. And I've always appreciated that about you. Uh, were you always that way when you were a pastor? Were you that way? Or was it after you did this study? I mean, what was it that kind of influenced you to be so strong? Because so many preachers aren't, Steve, in that way. Well, yeah, I know. I don't think anybody starts out that way. Uh, I, we start out thinking God's not in total control, even when you're a new Christian. And I, I think it, for most of us, it takes years. And what happens is the more you read the Bible, and, you, and I remember hearing guys talk about the fact that God was sovereign. He was in absolute control. He was in charge. And I thought, yeah, I mean, he is sort of, you know, uh, he's more powerful than I am. But, um, but here's what happens. You have a certain perspective, but the more you read the Word of God, the more you read a, the Word of God, suddenly what will happen because what the Word of God does, Hebrews 5 says, that it trains our senses in the ability to discern between good and evil. Mm. If, if you're never in the world, if you're never in the Word, you will not be, in, be able to differentiate between good and evil. And there's a lot of Christians who cannot differentiate between good and evil, and they actually support candidates and endorse them on Facebook and scream up and down for them. And what they are doing is calling evil good and good evil, Isaiah 5. So let's get back, though. The more you read the Scriptures, the, the more you grow in truth. Mm. And, so, and so at a certain point, I began to see the sovereignty of God. And once you see the sovereignty of God and it grabs you, you see it on every page of the Bible, because it's on every page of the Bible. And I had to go through a deep depression in my early 30s. Mm-hmm. where God just set me aside. He put me in the wilderness. I thought I was finished. I was on a precipice. That's why I said to you what I said to you that night, because I'd been there, you know, just, oh, I don't know, 15 years before. Mm-hmm. But that's where I, I, all I had to hold on to was the Scriptures. And I thought I was finished, and I thought God would never use me. But I kept reading the Scriptures. And that's where I discovered the sovereignty of God. And then I would read guys like Martin Lloyd-Jones and J.I. Packer, mm-hmm. and they led me to some of the Puritans. And uh, so that's how it happened. I think that's the way it is for most of us. Well, I, 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 I've always appreciated your willingness to, to be bold. I think men want that today. And I think one of yeah. the things that we see in the church, uh, in America specifically, is there's a there's there's a lack of of that. I think there's a lack of masculinity, the God-given role God gave man. And I, I appreciate yeah. that about Point Man, how you talk about that in your book and yeah. you share. 
where are the men? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're not leading. Yeah. You know? Well, here's what happened. The church has become feminized, and we think we think that the the purpose of a Christian man, his goal in life is just to be nice, to be nice all the time, to always be kind. Kindness is wonderful. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. But if you're always kind, that's not what God intended for your life. He intended you to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the greatest man of God, the God-man Jesus, was Jesus kind? Yes. But was he aggressive? Yes. Was he confrontational? Yes. Uh, was he bold? Yes. Could he uh, be merciful? Yes. What masculinity is, you just look at Jesus, and it's bringing the right trait to bear at the right time. Mm-hmm. So when you need to be kind, you be kind. But when you need to tell someone the truth who's in sin, you speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we grow and we're developing. But there are too many guys out there. I mean, let's just be honest. They're wusses. They don't, they, they are afraid. They're afraid of their own shadow. Uh, a lot of times they're afraid of their wives. They're afraid of what people are going to think. Our job is to please the Lord. We make it our ambition, whether in the body or out, to please him. And if you please him, he'll take care of you. You might even get fired. I got fired from a church. <laughs> God took care of me. I mean, he did. He took care of me. It wasn't the end of the world. I thought it was. But that's how he launched me in the men's ministry for the last 35 years. Mm. So, you know, we, all he wants is for us to trust him. It always comes down, every day it comes down in my life and in your life, am I going to trust him? That's it. And you can trust him. (laughs) He's a great great father. Yeah, he is a great father. And you have been unwavering in your teaching of his word. You don't compromise. I've always appreciated that about you. Um, Steve, we've got pastors that are very influential in this country who are making statements like, we need to detach the Old Testament from what we're teaching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how, do, how, how do you respond to that? I mean, have you heard that? Did you hear that, guys? Oh, yeah. 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 And I know the guy who said it. He's a good guy. But what he needs to do is, is just quit preaching and shut up for a while <laughs> and go back and read a book on basic Bible interpretation. Yeah. Because he couldn't be more wrong. He's a good guy. Yeah. But you know what? He's wrong. Yeah. And that makes absolutely no sense because you do not ta- detach the ten. You don't say the Ten Commandments don't apply. They do apply. It's God's moral law for all people and all cultures and all generations. Now, there are over 600 laws in the Old Testament. Those aren't all for us, but the moral law is for us. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. And all you. <clears throat> And, and see, these guys back off in the Bible because they want all these people to come to their church. So all these people come to their church. But if you don't give them the Bible, you're not going to help them. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Well, so a pastor has a responsibility to teach the whole council. So that statement is utter nonsense. Well, I remember you teaching through this song uh, the songs of ascent psalm 120 through 133 i i have yeah. to say that triggered me to really want to delve into the old testament 
because you gave so many examples from the Old Testament that I'm going, I I don't remember that. I don't. And so I would go back and read it. I'm going, how do I not know this? It's because we read the Bible a lot of times like a newspaper and we just read bits and pieces. But when you start to see there's a there's this unfolding of God's uh, people and to yeah. train our senses to discern truth, like you said. So I, I really, uh, so, and, uh, and Doug, yeah. And Doug Romans 15 <clears throat> verse four says for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope and see for, so, so for where we are right now today, with this election and the vote stealing and all this stuff, how do I have hope? How do I have any hope at all? Mm-hmm. How do I sleep tonight? Well, by looking to the scriptures and even to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. because those things were written for my instruction today. Yeah, they they were, and 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 I I will be forever grateful for how you pointed me there, because I mean I've heard people teach, but I mean. You use the Bible to illustrate the Bible. And I know we, we only got about a minute, but, you know, Steve, yeah. that's such a stark contrast between what a lot of Christian teachers and pastors do is they yeah. illustrate only with modern-day stuff, but you use yeah. the Bible to illustrate the Bible. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I do, and it. And, you know, nothing wrong with using, an, you know, a current illustration now and then. But you know what? You, you, the greatest illustrations of the world are in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So use them. But you got to read it to know what's in there. Well, it's like you mentioned Daniel sure. a while ago. I mean, you just, I mean, yeah. he's a great guy for us to look at. And I know we got to go to break, but uh, I've yeah. teased once, Esther. I'm teasing Esther again. <laughs> when we come back from this news break on the half hour, I want us to get into what's going on in our country, but really we're looking at it in relationship to Esther, because I know you just talked through that, okay? Yeah, you uh, All right. Hey, you're listening to Steve Farrar. If you want his book, you can go to Amazon.com and get Point Man. You can get God Built. You can get Battle Ready, Real Valor. Uh, finishing strong he's got a lot of good resources out there you can also go to his website steveferrar.com and click on his bible studies and listen to those and podcast them as well we'll be right back with more of steve ferrar on swat radio Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now I. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? 
This is Doug McCary. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Wow, Steve, that was a quick exit. Our, 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 yeah, our, our, uh, our intro music just kind of went off real quick, and I was not ready. Well, I, usually Steve cues me. We have a producer named Steve, and so he cues me, and I'm sitting here waiting for the cue, and there was no cue. There yeah. was just no music, and so uh, that's always awkward. But anyway, I'm glad you're here with us, Steve uh, Farrar, who is from Dallas, Texas. Steve has been teaching a Bible study there. Gosh, how long it, how have you been doing that? About 20-plus years? Yeah, 20 years, yeah. 20 years in Dallas, Texas at Stonebriar Church. Actually, I think you guys aren't meeting at the church anymore, right? You're meeting at Rudy's? Well, we've got a noon we've got a noon group that meets at the Rudy's Barbecue in Frisco, but then we're meeting at the Stonebriar Church Auditorium still on oh, Tuesday nights. Tuesday yeah. nights, okay. Yeah, I knew yeah. you had one. And if you want more information about that, you can go to steveferrar.com. And by the way, uh, a shout-out to our listeners up in Virginia Beach, uh, Chesapeake, Virginia area, also in Meridian, Mississippi, and up in Folkestone, Georgia. If you would like to book Steve for a men's uh, retreat, men's conference, uh, you can go to steveferrar.com. I don't know, you know, with COVID and everything, have you been doing any of those, Steve, or has that kind of put that on hold? For you know, I, I did, I've done one. I did one in July of the Gridiron Conference in Huntsville, Alabama, but uh, everything's pretty much been postponed for a while until after first of the year. So, yeah, I've been staying at home and enjoying my grandkids. Well, that's, that's always a, a good thing. Well, you know, uh, one of the biggest compliments I got, Steve was about three years ago from one of the SWAT guys. Uh, it came up to me and he said, "You remind me of a guy." And I said, "Who's that?" He said, "You ever heard of a guy named Steve Ferrar?" I said, "Well, man, that makes me feel good because that's what I asked God to let me do." And I thought of, as Paul said, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." That's what I saw in you. I saw a point man, and and God has used you in my life that way to encourage and spur me on to build into men because quite frankly before i was there steve i was i i was kind of an evangelist i've always considered myself that and you really spurred me to build into men and now there's five swat groups going on here one in colorado and 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 it's about helping men be point men in their families and so thank you for your ministry and thank you for what you do um you're welcome, Doug. And I think back to the guys who influenced me, and then when you look at them, there were men who influenced them, and that's how it works. It's, you know, what Paul said to Timothy, you know, the things I've taught and entrusted to you, you entrust to faithful men who will entrust them to other faithful men. So we're just passing the baton on, aren't we? Yeah. The Lord gets the glory and all the credit. Well, he does, and and he he is so sovereign in how he weaves lives together, and I'm very thankful that he weaved ours. And as we were talking before the program today just about the election and everything that we were seeing in our culture, you you made an interesting point about Esther called the Esther Effect. Kind of share with our listeners uh, what we were talking about and what you're thinking about that particular uh, story of Esther in the Old Testament. Well, I remember uh, the night of September 18th, and uh, my mom, who lives with us, she's 92 and very good health, 
Mary and I were watching an old movie, and then one of the kids called, and Mary was talking to them for just a second. And uh, my mom walks up to me, and uh, and she she leaned over and said, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just passed away. And I thought, wow. I thought, wow. This is huge. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm processing it. And then I... And and then I didn't watch any more of the movie, and Mary was doing something else. And um, you stop and think where we are right now. Are we in crisis? Yeah. And this is serious, because th- there is an attempt. I, I mean, you, you, maybe someone's listening to this saying, well, you're going to get real political. You're, you're real political. Well, politics is all about who your God is. That is, that is what politics is, who your God is. And this country has never been perfect, but the foundational documents of this country, all all you have to do is go to D.C. and you see Scripture uh, chiseled in marble everywhere. You don't see the Koran. You don't see the uh, writings of Buddha. Um, So we've had a foundation, and um, we've got a group of people in this country they don't like the American Revolution. They want the French Revolution, which was a godless revolution. Mm-hmm. So, we and they're trying to take over, and they want to replace God with government. That's what socialism does. That's what communism does. It is anti-God. It's anti-Bible. It's anti-truth. It's anti-freedom. It's anti-liberty. And uh, it's a spiritual war, and it's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. So, we're in a mess right now, and you got people trying to steal votes. We, we want every legitimate vote to count, but there's uh, but but there are illegitimate votes, and that's not how we do things in this country. Mm-hmm. So we, we're all concerned. Our blood pressure is high. We're worried sick. Are we going to lose the country? Are we going to lose the nation? So <clears throat> just stop for a minute. Let's get a perspective. Um, I was watching Amy Coney Barrett. Did, did any of us know that name? So a few weeks ago, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody knew that name. We call her ACB now. Yeah. Nobody knew about her, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg died September 18th. The Bible says it's appointed for a man once to die and then comes judgment. That's true for all of us. The moment of our birth is set before we're born. So God took Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Suddenly there is a vacancy in a high place. I'm watching Amy Coney Barrett a few weeks later, and I'm watching this lady. I'm watching. I'm just watching her, and there's something about her. There's a calm. There's a. Um, there, there is an aura about her of um, godliness. I don't know any other way to put it. There's seven kids behind her, her husband, and I'm. And Mary and I are watching this, and I looked over, and I'm watching her answers, and I and they can't touch her. And I looked over to Mary, and I said, you know what? She's an Esther. She's an Esther. She's a modern-day Esther. And then I started thinking about Esther. And in Esther chapter 1, Esther's not in chapter 1, neither is Mordecai. Mm-hmm. But you have a king, a pagan king, and his wife. And the wife rebels against the king, and suddenly she's out of the picture, and there is a, uh, there is a, unplanned vacancy in a high place. Um, But in chapter 2, we meet Esther, and she happens to be in the king's court, and before you get out of chapter 2, 
she's received the favor of the king, and now she is the replacement. She had been privately prepared by God, and at the right time, God put her into that position of prominence. Mm-hmm. Um, just stop. We, we, if we didn't go any further, but we will, just stop and think where we would be right now if Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still on that court. It'd be over in terms of the right thing being done. You know it would be. Yeah. But, that, but because... So I want to go back and say, we're in a crisis. I would submit to you, God manufactured this crisis on September 18th. <laughs> and what he did was, he, he took a woman out, he put another woman in, who was a servant of his. And he, uh, he, he has prepared her her whole life, and they couldn't touch her. And now she's there, and then you go on, and you get into Esther chapter 3, and it's interesting. Oh, by the way, in, in, at the end of chapter 2, right after she's made queen, Mordecai, her older cousin who raised her, hears about an assassination plot, and what does he do? He, he tells the king's men, and they capture the men, and they put them on the gallows. Uh, I, I think, I think uh, someone had left a laptop in his office, and... Uh, <laughs> no, that's another story. Uh, but <laughs> Don't go there. On. That's funny. But then, but then, in chapter 3, it says, after these events, he promoted Haman. Haman was wicked. Hmm. Haman was a bureaucrat. He had incredible political power. He was a very wealthy man, and he had an agenda. And he hated Mordecai because Mordecai was a Jew. And he wanted not only to destroy Mordecai, but all the Jews. And... I mean, you're talking crisis. And he talked the king into giving him an edict to destroy all the Jews all over the world, and it would happen a year later. And in chapter 4, Mordecai learns about it, and he contacts Esther, and he says, Esther, don't you think that you've been put in that position of power just for your own well-being? She said, I can't go in to see the king unless he holds out the scepter of power. If he doesn't hold it out, I'll lose my life. And he said, you've been raised up for such a time as this. And she prayed and fasted, and then she went in and she said to Mordecai, if I perish, I perish. And she put herself on the line. Uh, the book of, of, what's interesting about the book of Esther is that the name of God is not anywhere found in the book of Esther. Hmm. But his fingerprints and his DNA is all over the book. A lot of times we look around and we say, where is God in the midst of this? Well, his DNA is everywhere. He raises up kings, he sets them down. And as I watched her, and I was praying, and they put her in, which was the legal right to do, they put her in, and she was confirmed, and they could not touch that woman because God ordained that she should be in place for such a time as this. Because I felt way back then that this thing was going to go to the Supreme Court. I didn't know it for sure, but I just had a sense. This election is going to wind up in the courts. Well, If well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still there, it would go one way. But now we've got a completely different court hey, committed Steve, to interpreting the scriptures. Steve, yeah. we got to go to break. I want to pick up on that when we come back. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back for our last pro- part of the program. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio for our last segment. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my friend, Dr. Steve Farrar from Dallas, Texas. Steve wrote the book, Point Man. He has spoken to, I mean, probably millions of men through both Promise Keepers and uh, his podcast and all the things he's done out there and has been a great encouragement to me in ministry. I encourage you to go to his website, Steve Farrar, S T E V E F A R R A R dot com. Go to his Bible studies and you can listen to them. You can podcast them. Uh, you will be encouraged as a man because Steve speaks very directly and he's been very influential in me that way to do that. And uh, thank you, Steve, for again joining us today. On your first radio interview in five years. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's right. So, yeah. and we were yeah. talking before the program how sovereign it is the the couple of days after the chaos uh, that was already, like you said, manufactured back in September uh, to yeah. be to this point. So pick up again. So you were taking us through Esther, and there yeah. may be people listening who don't know about Haman other than he wanted to wipe people out. So tell us the story real quick of Esther and Haman well, and what happened. So 
So, you know, she is now queen. Haman has incredible amounts of money and power and influence over the king. He hates the Jews. He hates Mordecai, Esther's older cousin. And um, he hates him so much. Oh, by the way, so Esther goes into the king, and he grants her the privilege of coming in, and it could have cost her her life. And she said, I want to invite you and Haman to to a banquet today. And then he says, what can I do for you? She said, come to the banquet. He, they both come. And then he says, again, what can I do for you? Please come to the banquet tomorrow, and I'll reveal it. So Haman goes home, tells his wife, He's very proud. The only guys that went to the banquet was me and the king. And, uh, and, but this guy, Mordecai, is driving me crazy. And she said, well, why don't you build a gallows and hang him on it? And then that night, the king couldn't sleep. Now, why couldn't the king sleep? Because God is sovereign over kings. <laughs> and he can't sleep. And, uh, you know, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it whatever he wishes. So he can't sleep. He wakes up. He says, hey, bring the Chronicle. There's no TV. There's no Netflix. He says, bring me the Chronicles. And they read the Chronicles. And he reads about where, in chap- you know, what happened in chapter 2, Mordecai informs them of a plot to kill the king and save the king's life. And he said, what have we ever done to honor him? And, well, we've done nothing. Just then, at that moment, Haman walks in to the court. And the king says to Haman, if I wanted to honor someone for their service, if I wanted to honor someone for their sacrifice, if I wanted to honor someone because of their love of the welfare of our nation and their love for me, what should I do? And Haman thinks the king wants to honor me. And he says, well, what you do is you get beautiful robes and you put him on a horse and you parade him through the city and have someone go before him and say, bow before this great man. And the king said, that's a great idea. Go get Mordecai, put him on the horse, and you lead him through the city. So Haman's goal, this wicked man, was to honor himself. He winds up honoring Mordecai. And then he goes to the banquet the next day with Esther, and the king says, what's your request? And she says, there's someone who wants to kill me and my people. They've come up with this horrible plot. The king said, this is unbelievable. Who is it? And she said, it's Haman. And he said, and and then what happens is the eunuch said, well, what shall we do with Haman? And the eunuch says, well, he's built the gallows right outside the window. The king says, hang him on it. The Bible says that he who digs a pit for another, will fall into it. Uh, it. It says in Psalm 512 that by their own devices they fall. I think it's very interesting. This thing is probably going to go to the Supreme Court. It's going to come down to, uh, and they're going to decide who the president will be, Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump. What's interesting is of this new conservative block of judges, the most senior one is Clarence Thomas. And back in 1991, at his confirmation hearing, the chairman of the committee, which tried to destroy him, was a man by the name of Joe Biden. (laughs) I I also find it interesting. I also find it interesting that we're talking about Nevada. Nobody talks about Nevada unless you're going to Vegas. But now we're all talking about Nevada. Uh, You know, it used to be 
like for 230 years, the only way someone could get appointed to the Supreme Court was to be confirmed by 60 votes in the Senate. But one man changed that a number of years ago, 2005. His name was Harry Reid. He changed that because he could. He thought he could pack the court with his choices for the Democratic Party. He's retired, but he, not completely, because he runs the Democratic Party now in the state of Nevada. Uh, it just is interesting to me how God works. And we don't know the future, but here's what I know. I know God is sovereign, and I know God raises up kings and he sets them down. And I know that no one can thwart his plan or his purposes. And I know that when people are in rebellion in government to Almighty God, he laughs. He laughs. Hmm. So let's not get too worried. Let's keep praying. Let's keep uh, Lord lead you to fact. I saw my doctor this morning. I went in his office to get blood work, committed believer. I've known him 20, 25 years. And uh, he walked in. I said, man, you lost some weight. He goes, yeah. I said, you look good. He goes, well, I've been fasting. Strong believer. I said, really? Yeah. He said, I've been fasting for three weeks. I said, that's great. He said, yeah, about the election. He said, I read in in the Old Testament about Jehoshaphat, the king, when they were going to attack that army that was maybe half a million, 750,000, a million, we're going to attack Jerusalem, and there are only maybe 10,000 people to defend the city. And he called all the people around, and they prayed with the little children, and they prayed and fasted. I said, yeah. And uh, he said, I decided I was going to fast. I said, you're not eating? He said, no, I just quit sugar. Because <laughs> i got to eat because i got to see patients. <laughs> and he said, and I've been fasting and praying, and I have a real peace even today about what God's going to do. And I said, yeah, that's where Jehoshaphat prayed and said. And they had this overwhelming army, overwhelming odds. We're overwhelmed by the media, by the big tech. We're overwhelmed by the corruption. We're overwhelmed. But he looked, he prayed, and he said, and I, and I said, you remember what he said, don't you? He said, Lord, would you not judge them? There is nothing we can do. We are powerless to stop them, but our eyes are on you. Yeah, we. Yeah, he basically said we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's what I meant to say. If yeah, I didn't say it. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that, we feel like our hands are tied, but our eyes are on you. And and then the prophet comes back and says, "Here's the Lord's answer: the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And tomorrow at this time, you will be picking up the plunder." because they'll be defeated. And what happened was God caused confusion among the three armies and they killed one another. And, uh, is that the one, is that the, no, I'm thinking I'm getting a, I'm conflating two stories. I was thinking about the one where they were under siege and the captain, they were wondering about it. And the captain doubted after the prophet said it and the captain ended up getting killed at the gate. I was conflating yeah, two stories. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but the fact is, you know, this happens in history, and it's written for our instruction. Mm-hmm. And instead of so, here's the greatest definition of faith I've ever heard came from Martin Lloyd Jones. He said, "Faith is a refusal to panic." Mm. And a lot of Christian people are panicked right now. We don't need to panic. We just need to look at the Lord. We need to confess and repent our own sins, and. We need to ask for the Lord to be merciful. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I shall hear from 
heaven and rescue them. So I think God's at work, and I'm encouraged. And I think he's going to get glory, and I think in this crisis, whenever God sends crisis, it's to get people's attention. (laughs) And we need our attention, God, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of wickedness. You know what? There's a lot of wickedness, even in the church. Judgment begins with the household of God. If, If you're living in some kind of secret sin, you need to knock it off. You need to repent and turn to Christ and come clean, because you want his favor. You don't want his judgment. That's a word for all of us. Yeah, it is. And and, and and that's and when we read his word, it reveals, doesn't it? It's a mirror. We got about one minute, Steve. And yeah. um, one, one closing thought to all the men that are listening that are halfway with Jesus. They're not, you know, they're not involved in a study. They're not involved with a group. They're just, they go to church on Sunday, and they're sitting out there. One word, why they really need to get serious about this thing with God in one minute. Matthew 7. There were some who came to Jesus and said, Lord, we did this in your name. We did this in your name. We did this in your name. We cast out demons. We did miracles. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Um, you don't want to be a professing Christian who just is all mouth. Wow. Uh, a lot of people in the church are all mouth. They know the hymns. They even know some verses. You want to get all in from your heart. From well, your heart. Well, thank you, Steve, for joining us. Hey, for more of Steve, you can go to steveferrar.com. SteveFerrar.com. Bless you, brother. I love you. Appreciate you. And uh, thanks. thanks for joining us today on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual